Hey, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem Podcast, where we aim to help you, the big-hearted changemaker with a bold vision to build a business that gives you butterflies and a life that makes you want to high-five yourself. How? By addressing the interconnected nature of all that you do. From marketing to mindset and everything in between, we believe your business is more ecosystem than monoculture and that when it comes to creating sustainable success, it's all connected and there is no one-size-fits-all formula. Join us for conversations that embrace nuance, elevate the importance of empathy, and address the diverse and unique strengths that enable entrepreneurs to not just make money, but to make real lasting positive change in a regenerative and revolutionary way. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur's Ecosystem. Today we are so blessed and excited and stoked and just, I don't know, all around frolicking in the fields and the ocean to have Sarah Yantich with us. She is the founder and CEO of Conscious Conversion, formerly Resonate with Sarah, a holistic multimedia marketing agency supporting soulful thought leaders and spiritual entrepreneurs. With a master's in social work, a background that spans federal policy analysis and life coaching, and a ton of digital marketing experience, Sarah takes professionalism, team management, and client care to a whole new level. Her work isn't just about marketing strategy, though she rocks at it. It's about helping clients resonate deeply with their audience so they can transform the planet and give voice to the new paradigm. In fact, Sarah makes marketing and everything else she does a damn near spiritual experience. She is also a single mom living in Costa Rica with her seven-year-old adorable son, Indy. Welcome, Sarah. Yay. Thank you for having me, Dawn and Shanti. I, I yeah, you. this is long overdue because we're like longtime biz besties. And I can't believe we've never met in the flesh. It's still oh so weird to me because mm. I just feel like you're my sister and we've had so many incredible conversations. And this from the moment we met, I was like, I adore this woman. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you're one of the kinds of friends that feels like family to me. I feel like we could come to each other with anything and we'd be here for each other, business or personal. And I love that. And mm-hmm. it's wild that we haven't met in person and it will eventually happen. And like, there are going to be fireworks and <laughs> supernovas. Frolicking, totally. Frolicking yes. in the ocean and <laughs> <in> the fields. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I think of you, I, yeah, it is strange. I haven't known you for as long either, but I feel like as soon as we met and connected, I was like, oh, good. I feel absolutely no judgment. And also I feel like I'm like on the level with this person completely and and on the regular and yeah I don't know I just think we're gonna have the most epic uh like entrepreneurs ecosystem retreat somewhere someday where we just bring all of our favorite people that we brought onto the pod to come and hang out and eat and yeah be spiritual 
and explore this like new paradigm of how to exist in the world together and continue to like shelter ourselves and eat and (laughs) take care of each other without maybe being so attached to these old ways of doing business and making money and etc. I don't want to get ahead of us. So no, it's I was gonna say this is what it's all about. <laughs> but maybe we yeah. can start with the same question we always ask to get ourselves going, which I mean we know a bit of the answer for because we helped you with your quiz. But do you identify with the characteristics of your astrology or your human design? or your Enneagram, or your disc, or your Kobe, or your... I'll let you take over from here. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so my Enneagram is the one that's the most interesting to me because Uh I remember the first time I encountered Enneagram, it was with a therapist back in Atlanta in like 2007, maybe. And she said that I was a seven the enthusiast. And I had even written on my, on my intake form, something like that. Like it was, it asked like, what problems do you have? Or what's your problem? What's, what issues are you dealing with right now? And I said, no problems with a smiley face. And she was like, obviously you're a seven. <laughs> but then whenever I have read more about the Enneagram and it, it talks about like, you are who you were when you were younger, like in your, as an adolescent and like, and really look at who you were then. And in that case, I'm a fucking four. But then maybe all adolescents are four. But four is the romantic, like the romance, romanticist, the individualist, mm-hmm. the person who always kinds of, you know, and who who loves art and who's a little broody. And I oscillate between being a seven and a four, and I cannot figure out which one I am. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm bipolar. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I think I oscillate. Um, between three and nine, Mm. like the peacemaker tendencies and also the ambitious achiever tendencies. I've never heard that about it being, uh, rooted to who you were in adolescence, but I would have been a broody ass for for (laughs) I I I mean, maybe we all are, but it still comes back up. Like I have been going through Mm -hmm. like a bit of a dark night of the soul for the last several months, which we can talk about. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm such a fucking four right now. (laughs) I'm so four. Yeah. Yeah. But then the last two days I've been three or four days, I've been so inspired and I'm like full on seven, full Mm -hmm. on. Shouting yeah. from the rooftops about how happy I am. So I don't know. Enneagram's a complicated one. Mm-hmm. I'm a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. I'm a Taurus sun, Scorpio moon, which I love because they're opposites and um, super intense. And Taurus mm-hmm. sun is like really like sensual and um, loves beauty and pleasure. And I totally resonate with all of that. And then Scorpio is like really likes the depths. Yeah. You know, I think maybe it's the Taurus Scorpio is like the seven, four thing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I haven't thought about that in astrology, how it connects to your Enneagram. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like Taurus sun Scorpio moon is like perfect for your like, uh, like witchy manifestation vibes. I totally see that you have both of those like that groundedness but yeah the depths and the mystery too very cool mm-hmm. and then the cancer rising mm. like 
perfect some softness to the whole thing yeah, yeah there's your seven too for sure oh, right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm. so you've done so much personal work you're currently going through it aren't we all mm. and you've yeah you've explored a lot of terrain when it comes to who you are and what you're good at and what you want and all of the things I'm curious about that journey and how what you've learned about yourself has influenced how you've built your business you know it's it's so interesting like when I reflect you know how looking back on your life you see all the things that led you to this this current moment which then helps sort of have hope and excitement about the future as well because you're like oh this moment is now informing what's happening in the future so it's it's a fun exercise to reflect back but being a founder uh, and CEO of a digital marketing agency does not at all resemble what I thought I was going to do back when I was in high school and college. I majored in anthropology and women's studies and got a master's in social work policy and worked in violence prevention. No, no part of that looks like digital marketing agency CEO, mm-hmm. except that I was really interested in cultures and people and this planet and evolution and spirituality, even though I didn't really call it that at the time, back when I was a youngin. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the social work piece also, like, really wanting to make a transformation on the planet. So that when I when I found myself doing digital marketing work, it makes sense that the mission of my work has something to do with digital marketing, but it's still all about the impact. It's still all about, like, how can I help raise the vibration of the planet? How can I help us create a more regenerative way of living? Just so happens that I am highly competent at the digital marketing piece. And so that's like a fun and honestly, a a really sovereign way to do the things that I want to do where I'm not having to work in bureaucracy. Yeah, you've created a lot of freedom for yourself and for your little dude we were just talking before we hit record about a big trips you have planned coming up. And I love to live vicariously through you a little bit because you're just adventuring all over the place. And I can't wait to join you one day. But I have lived vicariously through you too, you know, both of y'all. Whenever I see you on your farm being so rooted and grounded and your beautiful family with your mom and your partner and your kids and just this earthiness and beauty. And then you get like a container shipped to your house. Like you have an epic, an epic, beautiful life from, from what I can tell as well. So we just can live vicariously through each other and yes. and someday we'll converge. This actually brings brings me to a question for Shanti that's in relation to Sarah, what Sarah just said. Um, not that, but right before, like Sarah, you said you can't, you couldn't imagine, or when you were in school, sure, as a brooding four, or when you were in school, like doing your master's and your undergrad, you certainly didn't imagine that you would have a be a CEO of a digital marketing agency. And, and I can see that. And I do think I only know one person who went to school for like digital marketing. Everyone else kind of like fell into it because it's so new but Shanti what did you see yourself doing when you were like in high school or just I just want to know oh I was I was interested in becoming either a midwife or a naturopath 
I started studying herbalism and doing my like herbalism certification shortly after high school. And yeah, that's kind of what I thought I'd be doing is working in health and wellness. Mm-hmm. health and wellness. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's yeah. right. So it's like, we're all here to change the world, change the world. I kind of hate that. It feels like sort of like colonialism or white saviorism, but, but I love how you put it, Sarah, like to, to bring us towards the new paradigm to start doing life in the new earth way. Um, and we've fallen into this like digital marketing thing because why I think maybe partially because of connections around the globe and our abilities to do that with digital marketing and and being able to see it. But yeah, Sarah, I love, I love to know a little bit, we don't have to go into your whole like origin of your business story, but maybe a little bit of context around how you did discover you're so good at this and what, what has been fueling up until now, uh, the growth of your company and and your inclination to, to do this work. So, yeah, so I don't know how long story short to be or short story long to be, but I, back in 2012, I I was working in the federal government and division of violence prevention at CDC and I jumped ship and sold all my belongings and drove to California and pursued, I, you know, had a few thousand bucks to my name and pursued a life coaching certification because I really did. I was so over bureaucracy that there was no way I was going to go get into the system to be a, a, a licensed clinician. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, okay, then I'll get a, I'll get a life coaching certification. It's less, a lot less red tape. I mean like no red tape. <laughs> yeah. And so I got certified, I got board certified. I went through Marie Forleo's B school back in 2012 and as I was doing that, I, I sort of found, I, I, lear- I was learning about digital marketing. I was learning about how to build a website, graphic design, how to market oneself, social media management, all this stuff. And I started doing that work while I was building a coaching business. I started also kind of doing some light, digital marketing light for clients. And I just found that I got a lot of joy out of it. And it was, and I felt it was a lot of freedom and I wasn't trying to solve people's life's problems because I kind of didn't feel like doing that. The more I was on phone, on the phone with people doing so-called life coaching, I was like, I don't want to coach. For one, I don't feel like I'm in a position to be coaching anybody on their life. Like I'm still figuring it out. And yeah, so that was the big piece. So I started to really lean into the digital marketing thing. And then I ended up getting a, a gig in a digital marketing agency where I was the, it actually, it actually wasn't an agency yet. It was just a woman who hired somebody to do the work for her because she was about to have a baby. And so doing that work, I found that I was thinking in Facebook ads. I was like, I really loved the marriage of the left brain and the right brain, the left brain sort of like analytics and numbers and then the right brain creativity those two things together, like it just made me feel really passionate and excited. What I didn't love about working with that agency was I couldn't choose the clients that we worked with. So there were a lot of like bro marketing, make six figures in six days, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, the drill, you know what I'm talking about. So it was a lot of that. And it was also just the agency, like it grew really, it wasn't an agency and it grew into an agency while I was there. It got, it grew really, really fast while I was there. So I went from managing four clients to 40 clients. Mm. We hired a team. I trained up the team. I felt like 
um, the founder of that agency was just trying to get as much work out of the team as possible and make as much money as possible. So I ended up, I never wanted to start my own agency, but I was so like fired up about wanting to do it the way that I wanted to do it. I didn't call it this yet, but I wanted to create a new paradigm agency. I wanted to do business differently where I really took good care of the team. I really loved my clients and the impact that they were making that all of us felt like we were like soul family friends, the clients, the team, me, all of us colleagues. And so that's what I built. What I, I, I swung the pendulum too far in the direction of not giving a fuck about profitability on my, for the agency though. That's, mm-hmm. that was my mistake. And that's what I've been grappling with for the last year is like, I was happy to run a break-even business. I was happy to pay my team really well and charge as little as I could for our services so that it was accessible to anybody who needed it. And meanwhile, break-even businesses are not sustainable. Turns mm. out. So this is so interesting because I really feel we got a little bit of like a definition of what like new paradigm is to you, but then we're still operating in this, like maybe old paradigm or somewhere in between the two paradigms. And like, yeah, I like to think about like the different ways that we can be profitable, of course, like what profit could look like outside of like having this much money after paying all of the bills, but also there's something there around, maybe it's a sevens thing. Maybe it's a woman's thing. Maybe it's just like a caring individual thing. But if you don't actually make something on top of all of your costs, how can you either invest in say like projects outside of your business that can support the world that you want to create or in your business, in growing it, in even like being able to say, like nurture a new team member, like you might need money to nurture someone who's not there yet, right? Like pay them well enough to get to a point where they can manage all of those things. So it just, yeah, there's something about, I don't know if it's this like oscillation or tension between like old world and new world or old paradigm and new paradigm. And there is something about the way that we just don't take care of ourselves when we're trying to take care of everyone else. I feel like there must be a question somewhere here, which is like, how did you realize that maybe you'd swung too far on, on the pendulum or you've been talking a little bit, just this little seed of this dark night of the soul you've been going through. And is that in relation to that? Yeah. You know, I think running a a break-even business makes it really hard to grow. So then you have sort of this internal glass ceiling and there's something that's like self-sabotaging in there. Like, Mm -hmm. and you just alluded to that. And I do think that there is that I have been sort of, yeah, like, like grappling with new paradigm and old paradigm simultaneously and like how, like how to bridge that gap. And that's where I'm at, right? I think why I'm excited right now is I feel like I'm finally busting through it. I feel like I'm finally busting through this, like this grapple feeling that I've been having of like, do I continue to, how do I grow my business? If I charge a shit ton more than, then I, that just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right in my soul. I mean, like I've got colleagues and other agencies who charge like five to $10,000 a month for the exact same services that, that I do. And they deal with the same shit on Facebook as well. And I've, I've tried to do that. And that just doesn't feel an alignment with myself. And I also have tried cutting my expenses, but that doesn't feel an alignment Mm. either. 
So I've been really like, okay, what is this other way that I can think about business? It's certainly not like, I don't know. I don't know how to answer your question because mm-hmm. I'm still in the, in the, in the thick of it right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm, I'm starting to, to poke my head out of it as well. And it's like, it's something that I think probably a lot of, like you just said, I think a lot of us are grappling with this. A lot of people who are wanting to do things differently. And those of us that are entrepreneurs obviously want to do things differently. We're all, we're all of that ilk. We're all the ones that jump off the cliff before anyone else does. (laughs) And then like, okay, my wings came, y'all can come too. (laughs) And I, I, I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm at that, I'm at that stage now where I've got, I'm, I'm, having to get real creative. You kind of have to get into a pressure cooker in order to get extremely creative. And that's where I've been. Yeah. I feel like I'm there with you in a lot of ways. There are some really unique challenges that come with running an agency in terms of team and, and pricing and managing it all and staying inspired and being able to like pivot and update and evolve and grow whilst managing all the things. One thing I was reminded of recently that is very simple, but liberating is that as entrepreneurs and business owners, we have a unique we have a unique access to choice in a way that of course all people do, right? We all have a choice, but we have a little bit more freedom in the choices that we choose to make. So, but that's also terrifying because what if I make the wrong choice? Um, there's all these people who are relying on me and I've worked so hard to build this thing. And like, there's a lot that comes up with that, but I wanted to pull us back to the concept of bureaucracy and you've worked in probably one of the like biggest, most, I can't even imagine working for the CDC bureaucracies, right. In the United States. So you've seen that and what that looks like. And to me, like new paradigm is the antithesis of bureaucracy. It's like, we know that bureaucracy is absolutely broken and just, it's like disturbing to the degree that it it needs to be dismantled. And yet everyone just remains in a state of sort of feeding these bureaucracies. Anyhow, New paradigm marketing, antithesis to bureaucracy. Are you with me? (laughs) I'm here. Yes. Okay. (laughs) But at the same time, we, we veer too far from what maybe does work in bureaucracies. And we know that in a bureaucracy, the bottom line is at the top of the priority list. And so I think as conscious business owners, we maybe even on the subconscious level do the opposite, the complete opposite and not that we shouldn't. Right. But it's interesting to talk to so many people who are in a similar position of like, I want to pay my team. Well, I want my offers to be accessible. I want to do work that I love. 
And how can we do all of that while still having a really healthy, beautiful, spacious profit margin that allows our nervous systems to like chill, actually be creative. You know? you know what comes up for me as you said that for one, just an, an insane amount of gratitude that we're in a position to even have this conversation, mm-hmm. that we're actually in a place where we can be like, I'm come, I'm calling, I'm talking to you from Costa Rica. You're talking to me from your farm. Don, I don't know your exact context, mm-hmm. but like we're all, what's that? He's up the road. Just up the road. <laughs> just up the road. Also in farmland, Canadian farmland. <laughs> so on an island. No, not on an island. Not anymore. Not anymore. But that's part of the cool part. Yeah. Well, we can all be everywhere, right? Like that. We can all be everywhere. We can all like be wherever we need to be. And we get to Mm -hmm. sort of design our lifestyle. And we're in a position to make these kinds of choices about like, oh, how profitability and non-profitability. And so first off, I just, I feel really grateful for that. Next, like I want more and more people to have access to that sovereignty and freedom. And not everybody is a cliff jumper. You know, not everybody can jump Mm. off a cliff and see if they have wings. They either can't or they shouldn't, or they couldn't possibly. And we have that for whatever reason, we have that in our bones. So I just, part of like what the, the new paradigm, new earth is, is how can we inspire and help as many people, not that it's all on us, to be as sovereign as we are, to have the choices that we're able to make. And part of that is, and I'm getting back to this like bottom line thing, we do need to grow and expand. We need to be able to hire more people and bring more people in because that person that used to work at CDC or at some corporate, you know, beige cubicle can then drop out of that and come work for you mm-hmm. or y'all and have that kind of lifestyle as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that that also maybe needs to feed into, into our sort of desire to be this like transform the world altruistic person. And that, if that can be a motivator for, mm-hmm. for profitability, I, sometimes I yeah. think I'm, I'm a little bit, um, naive and bypassy because I tend to think if I just have really, really good intentions, then mm-hmm. everything will flow easily. Mm-hmm. And part of my dark night of the soul has been like, but I've had such good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't it flowing easily? Can I ask about your boundaries? Because I feel like having really good intentions needs to come with like really good boundaries. And I listened to this short podcast on my drive home yesterday about having boundaries with the universe too. Like literally telling the universe, like, I'm not going to do this unless it comes to me in this way. Um, yeah. And then, and then you can say no. Cause yeah, intentions are one thing, but I could have heartfelt intentions and then get walked over. <laughs> right. Oh, no, hundred percent. I, I love what you just said about having boundaries with the universe. I do have prayers to the universe that are like, okay, so the current mm-hmm. setup I have with my agency isn't working well for me. However, please do not read that yeah. as I want it all to crumble because I do not. I love Mm -hmm. her. She's my baby and I love her and I want her to thrive. And she is doing really well. I'm just trying to figure out how to grow her in such a way that will not have her falling apart or have me falling apart. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that I think having the boundary conversation with the universe is brilliant. 
also want to come back to the uh, a part of like we, we're talking about profitability and I'm all for it. But I also think there's something special about like, I, I don't know, Shanti saying that she wanted to be a midwife and you were saying you're like poking your head out of the dark night of the soul. And this this all comes back to how I believe that we are here to be the midwives and doulas of like, I'll call it the Aquarian age, but maybe the new earth or, or the or the new paradigm. And part of the ROI of running an agency like you guys do even if you don't have huge profit is like you are helping those people who don't want to jump off a cliff. You're like giving them like a, an air balloon. Right. And yes, you do need to charge enough so that if you, next time you jump off a cliff, you break your leg and you're not able to like do the work for some time that that air balloon, isn't going to let everyone fall. Right. And I think that that speaks to Shanti, what you're saying about like nervous system, like you need to have enough profitability so that your nervous system is like, okay, I've got these, you know, four employees that I'm paying a salary and I need to have enough money for that. Plus the rest of my family and, and all of, and all of that jazz. But I think there is something really beautiful and expansive about, even if you're operating at not the best place for your business, but at this break, even place, if you can look at the fact like, well, I'm paying this one, I don't know, 80 K this one's getting 65. Like look at how those people are able to uh, jump off a cliff with me and be held. And it's not your responsibility to hold them forever. But of course, if you're like, sure, I'll hire you for a contract, like <laughs> that you want to be able to like pay that contract and, and not go into like debt, which makes me think about what we were talking about before, which is this concept of like, mm, before we hopped on the actual recording, uh, which is like, what is currency? What is money? I mean, debt, like they're just printing money, just like poof, poof, poof. And we're like, how can I struggle to get enough of that so that these people I'm caring for can stay on the hot air balloon with me, you know? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. In the context of... There's all this abundance, limitless abundance available to you. And how can you tap into that? And, you know, we've all been in those conversations and listened to the podcast and taken the abundance courses and all of it. I keep thinking about how, like, we're seeing it right now. Like, our governments have just printed trillions of dollars, and that is circulating in the economy or it's, you know, sitting in Bill, Bill's bank account for him to buy a farmland with. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's almost hilarious mm -hmm. how in your face that abundance is. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's amazing how in our face, a lot of things are. <laughs> And, and then, I mean, and, and when I, I don't want to go into a rabbit hole that I don't even know how to talk about, but then it's like, as we're thinking about the new economy, there's a lot going on with new economics. Mm. Yeah. And I can't, I haven't wrapped my mind around all of it at all. Mm. Like when you talk about crypto, NFTs, yeah. tokens, coins, tokenized real estate, metaverse, mm -hmm. And all of it, like, I remember at first I was like, wait, why are we talking about crypto? It's not a real thing. I only want real things. Mm. And then I'm like, oh, wait, but the numbers on the screen aren't real things either. Mm. Right. So it's all energy mm -hmm. at some level. I mean. No, yeah, go ahead. I, I want to talk about DAOs no. in a second. Okay, so 
I'm just like sort of the, in the baby steps of understanding sort of this web three crypto NFT DAO thing, but there's something about a DAO, which isn't just the way that cannot be named, but is also an acronym for like decentralized autonomous organization. And to me, that feels like a way more interesting way to like have an agency um, or to have a business than this like old paradigm, old way of doing things where it's like Shanti's at the top, Don's underneath Shanti, underneath Don are the three copywriters. And there's also the EA. And we all like, you know, hierarchically go back and forth and Shanti will make the decisions and they hopefully are the best decisions for the rest of the community family, right? Whereas like with a DAO, it's like, Decisions are made based on values that are held um, by all of the members of the uh, of the community, and it. I feel like it could relieve a lot of pressure, but it could also maybe mean that maybe <laughs> a lot more mistakes are made, or like, or decisions are harder to make. I feel like I don't know. It feels like just a different way to do bureaucracy that may or may not work better depending on what your better uh, values are, are based on. But I, I wonder if there's a way for us to be like, I own this business and now my people will also own the business and come in and we're going to decide what to charge and who to take on as clients. And I don't know, maybe people would take like a bit of a pay cut for there to be more profitability to buy like a retreat center or something, right? Like that, like everyone who was in it could 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 move to, or I don't know, now I'm going into a hippie world, so I'll stop. I love it. No, I, I love that, the, that you just brought up Dow, that's beautiful. I had a vision and I've been telling my team about it for years. And at this point, it's like, when are you going to put your money where your mouth is? But like, so to speak, literally, but like, I have this vision of like all of us having a profit share, like, you know, where we all have base, our baseline, and maybe it's a little less than what their current salary is. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, we have a, we each get a percentage of the, of the profits. And we'd all be, you know, I don't know how this would work into a contract, but we'd all get a percentage if, if you know, something were to ever happen with the agency as a whole. But that, like, everybody who's got, like, has some some skin in the game and everybody's, like, really equally vested in, and interested in the well-being of the whole. And I always, I, I'll sometimes call my team my team. But when it really comes down to it, they're collaborators. Mm. They're my collaborators. And I'm just the phase of the business. Like I'm the one who seems to enjoy doing the sales calls and meeting the clients and going out and kind of putting myself out into the world, whereas they prefer to be sort of behind the laptop doing the things and they're really good at it. So, but we're all equal in terms of how we contribute to to the inner workings and the economy and the decisions of the business. That's my ideal. And I think I, I'm like, I'm, I'm there in some ways and not there in others. Mm. Yeah. And we, we don't really have a blueprint for that. That's been something I've struggled with is like looking at, well, how, yes, I love this idea. How do we make it happen? Mm. I almost joined a mastermind where that was taught inside the mastermind. And I like wanted to join for that reason in particular, because it's so interesting. How do you structure that? What does it look like? But obviously there are huge benefits to everyone feeling like they've got skin in the game, like you said, and are part of whatever is being built. So the DAO super fascinating 
I was also talking to Dustin, our resident Web3 genius, the other day about this evolution of the idea of what an NFT is, too. Mm -hmm. And Don, you maybe saw that email, Stefan. Mm -hmm. I sent it to Dustin. Yes. Dustin is the only reason I know anything about this, but go on. (laughs) So Stefan... um, Molyneux or Molyneux. No, that's wrong. That's the wrong that's one. That's like truth or guy. Um, yeah. Hold on. No. Georgie. Georgie. Stefan Georgie. <laughs> like famous copywriter. Sent an email out recently talking about how he could or is creating an NFT that basically is representative of him and his business and that you could buy that NFT to gain a certain percentage of whatever his business makes in say the next three years. And you can look at his current sort of growth trends and trajectory and, you know, where things seem to be headed and his business plan and his investments and all those things. And you can say like, well, you know, I have a lot of faith in this guy. I really like him. I think he's totally legit. And I'd like to buy a hundred thousand dollar NFT so that I can have a 5% stake in whatever he and his business makes in the next three years. And that too is an NFT. It's, it's not necessarily just like not apes, not just art. <laughs> yeah. not neon apes. You know what I love about that too, is like, I've always kind of liked crowdfunding. Mm. Like, and I kind of love it when somebody posts their Venmo QR code and is like, Hey, and I mean, cause like, what if we all just gave $5 to somebody every day? Right. You know what I mean? Like what I, like I was talking about this at dinner last night with some friends, like there are times in my life where I could totally use a little crowdfunding, like mm. to help me do a thing and then give me a month or two. And I would love to crowdfund somebody else's thing. And it sounds like what you, the example you just gave is like a really structured way to do that with the NFT space. Mm-hmm. I don't have a hundred thousand dollars to put in, but what if there was a, a way for a thousand people to put in a thousand sure. bucks or a thousand people to put in 10 bucks? I, I think that would be fun. I would love for there to be more of that. I don't know how the IRS feels about it, but right. but that takes power away from bureaucracy. Like exactly. it truly does. And I think, I hope that's the direction that we're headed where people have more autonomy and more choice. And we don't necessarily have to give our money to the man. We can give it to the human being we see busting their ass to create something out of nothing and be rewarded down the line. And for them to then have that like, in built-in source of additional motivation and why. And like, there's a certain humanity and interconnectedness to that, that we don't see in our current setup. So Mm -hmm. that's changing. Like it feels like everything is changing so quickly. We know that marketing, digital marketing is changing Mm. faster than any of us can keep up with too. And so there's, there's that. And we ourselves are changing rapidly, mm-hmm. which brings us to, we were t- sort of talking about before we hit record and something that I've just been hearing coming up a lot that I'm experiencing myself, 
which is this sense of like, just kind of boredom around Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm known for this one thing. This is my niche. This is my industry. This is what people expect from me. This is what I'm really good at. This is what I have all the answers to, but I'm fucking bored. And I'd like to explore other things without this thing that obviously it takes a lot of work to get to a place where you can be bored with a topic. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. It's or, like, that's the, that's my mess. My boundary message to the universe. Yes. It's like, look, I'm, I need to shift. Something has to change, but please don't crumble my beautiful baby conscious conversion, yeah. the yeah. digital marketing agency for thought leaders of the new paradigm. It's the most beautiful thing in the world other than my own son. I don't <laughs> want it to go away. However, I need a way to feed this other longing I have. I want to go be a temple priestess with Wachuma cactus medicine. Mm. Can I still do that and like really be in it and have my agency thriving and my team doing really well, my clients doing really well? That is what I would like the universe to deliver. Mm. And so it is. (laughs) Right, I'm so with you. It's like, okay, this beautiful thing that I've built, how can there be more ease around it? It can still be a source of change for the people who need it. It can still be this like really great Yeah. And also I would like the time and space and freedom to invest in a hundred acre piece of land that could be completely transformed into like an absolute food forest permaculture paradise and people can live there and have more choice. Mm. What, what does that look like universe tell us that's what I'm all about that's what I'm here for too that's the question I'm diving into right now is how how can I do that and how you know and it's not like I want to be the last one to do that too like they mm. like I want other people on my team if they feel like they want to do that like I've, there's got to be a way it's not like we said this before we hit record too it doesn't need to, I don't want economics to be a zero-sum game anymore where it's mm-hmm. like I gain then somebody loses out because what's happened is that I have self-sabotaged because I have this like bleeding heart ex-liberal sort of heart mm-hmm. which is which is like I don't want to take too much from the other So I'm going to keep myself relatively small so that I'm not taking too much from the other. Because in in the old system, if I, if I take too, if I take something, then somebody else loses and Mm. we've got to, and I know many of us have been working towards this, but we've got to create a model where nobody loses and we all gain and there's no taking anything from anybody, but we have enough of those resources on the planet. I know we hundred percent do. There's a fruit forest right outside my door right here. That's right. That's what I was going to say. We don't have to create a model. We are in that model. We are we in have the model. To dismantle the like systemic structures in our minds that make us think that in order for me to have what I need, Shanti won't be able to have what she needs, right? Like that needs to go because it's not true unless we agree that it's true. Right. Because we are creating all of this meaning, but (laughs) it's a big dismantling and we are not alone. There are so many of us moving towards it, but I do feel, and this is why this time needs midwives and doulas 
and people to pass ice chips and like a water bath to sit in is because there is so much grasping back. Right. And I don't want to shit talk boomers, but like, I think maybe it's time for them to give up a little bit of the control, right. A little bit. Well, screw it. Let's just not shit talk boomers let's just call it black rock a all and and let let them let that go like the fed like stop printing money and then upping taxes and then you know making my labor worth less Mm -hmm. while you throw money at black rock whoever owns it because nobody knows or is that vanguard anyway you know right and the real inflation rate i've heard is like well on what we see is like 40% mm. in some ways. And that's something that I don't, I don't hear any entrepreneurs really talking about. It's like, well, how do we cope with that? Like, what does that look like? Because like we can raise our prices, but by 40%, like <laughs> tomorrow. Not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it seems like it's sort of the crumbling is happening on its own. And the question is like, how can we see what's coming and, and set ourselves and our communities up to suffer as little as possible? Thrive as much as possible. Yes, you know, you. I, I, Dawn, what you just said too, I mean, I, I took a course from Sarah Wu, the Village Witch, um, mm. who I love, a couple weeks ago from Soul to Soil. She's, um, you would love her, Shanti. You would absolutely love her. You probably, you both love her. Um, she's an herbalist permaculture. She does permaculture certification with an emphasis on herbalism. Mm. And, oh, we were talking about like deep ecology, Gaia theory, all of this, this stuff. And, and, and I already kind of knew it, but it just like re-seeped into my, or seeped more deeply, I guess, into my cells and into my being of like, how much can we model the new paradigm on what's already happening in nature? Like yeah. part of our problem was we've gotten so far fucking removed from natural law mm-hmm. and how, like, if we need a blueprint, like you said, Don, like it already exists. If we need a blueprint for how to do this and how to live in a like true abundance and true sort of like infinite abundance and resilience, just look outside, just mm-hmm. look to nature and those rhythms that the expansion and contraction rhythms like that I myself go through. Like I was thinking like, okay, so it seems like every three years I need to go through a big ass fucking transformation every three to five years, probably. <laughs> And I'm in the, I'm in the throes of that right now. And that's fine. That's my rhythm. Like, how can I harness that rhythm? Like, this means that I'm coming out of my winter. Fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. You've been in that fallow season where everything is happening beneath the surface. Mm. You know, people who see you from the outside are like, oh, it's all good. Sarah's just doing her thing. But internally there's this, transformation occurring and we all go through those phases and it's totally natural like Mm -hmm. just as nature I mean now is coming back to life and there's little tiny buds on the trees and it's like but it's been a long winter of silence and restoration and we don't we don't judge the winter for that Mm. we judge ourselves I mean, and this is just exactly like what your whole thing is about the 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 ecosystem, the entrepreneurs' ecosystem. 
So like what I'm going to ask y'all a question, like how do you think we can use the, the, the ecosystem as a model for, for our businesses? Or do you feel like we've already answered a lot of that? Oh my gosh, we haven't even begun. Haven't even started. And then also looking at humans as part of the ecosystem. I think a lot of the time when we, we like, well, let's look to Gaia and we must remove ourselves because we are a virus. And I just like refuse to believe no. that. Yeah. Refuse yeah. to believe that. Um, okay. So I am going to tell you guys about Rating Sweetgrass. Yeah, exactly. Great, great book. We should, we should link to that book for sure. Okay. I want to tell you guys about this epic thing I heard about. I, I met this really cool dude who used to be a chef, probably still is now as a farmer. And it makes me think about like how humans can also interact with the ecosystem in a different way. Okay. So get this, uh, truffle inoculated hazelnut trees. So this person has planted a hundred hazelnut trees that have truffles inoculated into their roots in this like food forest that he's creating. Now, not every single one of them is going to become a truffle, but it's going to take three to five years for the truffles to be there. Like, you know, cause it takes like three years for, for a, a tree to bear fruit. Right. So first of all, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And that we should just talk about it. You can like actually inoculate trees with truffles and then grow them in your backyard. Can we do that please? But secondly, it makes me think of the way that human beings can bring more abundance by participating in the ecosystem. Like you were talking about a food forest, Sarah. So like, you know, where you are is really easy for fruit to grow and, and for that to happen. Where Shanti is, there needs to be more tender, loving care, especially in the first couple of years of a food forest. Like maybe we need to cover cover the trees in the first couple of years in like uh, some Northern places with wine. They actually bury the vines over the winter to keep them insulated and then take them out and bring them up so that they can make wine with it. Or this gentleman who's got like hundreds of acres and a whole bunch of what he's doing is going to be like truffle inoculated hazelnut trees. So you'll get the hazelnuts and the truffles. And this is like in, you know, Canada, not like far North, but in a place where maybe you wouldn't naturally find those. So yeah, I guess the reason I want to bring that up is like metaphorically, I think it's really an interesting way that like humans can be less zero summy. Like, like we can, we can plant all these symbiotic relationships, both in our gardens, in our food forests and in, in our biz businesses, even, even Shanti's business and your business, Sarah has like a nice sim symbiotic relationship happening, right. Where you can like elevate each other and each other's clients with it. But I, I think a big part is like trusting that if we want to do good, we can put our intentions out there and actually be able to, to create the change, create the good and, and bring the abundance regardless of <sighs> what the like skyscraper buildings and 90 degree angles and like staying in on our computers all day makes us think or feel about how it is to be in the world. Yeah. Here's two truffles in great numbers. <laughs> yeah. And I want to, so piggyback on this idea of like how humans are a part of nature. We're not like separate. And I think Plant medicine is a beautiful example of that too. The fact that we have receptors that plug in perfectly with all of these different plant medicines 
and that the messages that come through when under the influence of those magical substances is never going to be, you should raise the forests and plant (laughs) soy. Yeah. That's just not how it works. The messages that come through are messages of healing and connectedness. Yeah, together. Yeah, it's unity that comes through. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's amazing. You know what? I had an epiphanal moment in 2017 um, when I came down to Costa Rica. It was my second time in Costa Rica, but in some ways it was like my first because it, it was such a pivotal moment. And I was at a waterfall and I was looking at the waterfall. And it was after Trump had been elected. And, and I was just like, you know, fuck the macro, fuck the micro. I'm done. Throw us off. Like earth, just get rid of us, do a flood or something. We're done. We're stupid. I was having one of those moments though, of just real strong, like humanity wide Mm self-flagellation. And I remember feeling so deeply, I didn't like hear a specific voice, but I felt really deeply this waterfall speak to me. And she's like, you are nature. Like you are, you are what, is preferred is that you would, you know, act accordingly, that you Mm -hmm. would understand your own, your own part in nature, that you are, you are me basically. And that was such a huge pivotal moment for me where I stopped with the self-flagellation and I started to realize that like, like I really am conscious embodiment of our planet. Like that in some ways we are this planet's like crown achievement because we are these like self-aware conscious beings that can actually do things with the land. We can like till the land and get our hands in the dirt and massage it, you know? Mm -hmm. And she loves that. She loves it when we drape our naked bodies over rocks in the river. Mm -hmm. Like, and you, like I've stopped sometimes saying mother earth and started saying lover earth because like it can be, it's so sensual and beautiful to have a relationship with the planet. So yeah, I don't remember what my whole point is, but that's, mm. I'm a Taurus baby. That was like my favorite thing to talk about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think partially we're really separated from where our philosophies of living come from, like scientific revolution and uh, like the Renaissance is like where like, you know, Bacon had this idea that we needed to like rape the earth to make her bring forth her secrets. Hobbes was like, you know, mankind's lot is nasty, brutish, short, something like that. Sorry, bad, bad quote. And and before that, and 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 the reason they were saying these things was because the church was like, you must only read Aristotle or the Bible and you cannot go into nature to learn. And we've just... It's so beautiful that we've gotten into this place where we have like studied all of the particulars. We know so much about nature. We wouldn't probably have known that if we hadn't gone way too far in this direction of our separation from all that is the separation of the soul and the body matter and form. But I think we've gone far enough <laughs> and, and like, it's, it's okay to swing back to recognize that even if we were like dumped here from some, like, I don't know, is it the Anunnaki or whatever, who like, you know, some planet that like hit the planet and like mushrooms and aliens, even if we're aliens, we're still nature, right? We're still of the universe. Even if we're multidimensional, which of course we all are, we, we are still nature and we can be in conversation with, I love the, the lover earth. Is that what you said? Love mother earth, lover earth with, with the, with the waterfalls. And, and if it takes a little bit of like, 
you know, psilocybin or cacti or mama Aya in order to have that realization, like let's, let's commune with those plants to see what it means. And like, I, I don't know, be so, I would love to go to your business mastermind where you, um, where you, where you, you feed us and, and lead us through, through cactus medicine. And then we, um, that's my dream. And then we, that's what our, I want to have achieved by the yes. end of this year is like a business mastermind that culminates in a, in a ceremony, mm-hmm. please. Yeah. And starts <laughs> with ceremony, right? Like, I mean, if yeah, not sure. that, if not that ceremony, but a, a ceremonial, I say inoculation of like the people and the earth and their businesses and, and nature. And cause like you said, there's no, there's no zero sum in nature. There is, you know, birth and death and rebirth and creativity and the coming apart from, from the mushrooms that are, that are eating the detritus or, or what have you. But I don't think that we need to even look at like death necessarily as like, as, Oh, you know, this like when a tree dies, it feeds the forest, right? Unless sometimes we're trees commit suicide to feed the forest. Right. Okay. Like it's amazing. And probably that's yeah. just a consciousness dissolving. So like they're still part of it all. Like maybe they're not committing suicide. They're like, ooh, in um like Madeline Long was like wrinkle in time. Sorry, uh disclaimer if you haven't read them, but like the stars I love like it burst to like fight the darkness right and and people like jesus and buddha and sarah and shanti are these stars that are bursting to fight the darkness but but they're rebirthed because energetically you know it it doesn't you know yeah so it's not it's not necessarily a suicide it's like ooh, i'm gonna go into i'm gonna consciously undergo a transformation it's gonna be so cool i'm gonna make the soil really rich for the next one Mm-hmm. I like that idea anyway. And maybe even our businesses can die in that way. Not that we want our businesses to die. We want to continue to sustain ourselves. And- but as we, but as we grow and evolve in our businesses and as we like shift away from what maybe feels like boring and ineffective into a place of experimentation and excitement and adventure, all of that, that we've previously experienced is composting and adding to the future soil of our new ideas and our new initiatives. And I think we can trust that on a deeper level than we've been told. Mm. Right. Like there's a cycle of nature that that happens in nature that happens in our businesses too. Mm. And that's just moving through these seasons. Mm -hmm constantly it don't stop i think we should redefine pivot or come up with a new word for pivot because pivot feels like a turnaround and and what you were saying about like composting and like more fertility from the shift is is interesting to me i'm not saying we have to do it right now but sarah can you <laughs> just kidding i mean well no i mean the first word that comes to my mind might be too obvious or too easy or not right but it's transformation i mean mm. it's that's that's the first word, the most obvious word that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Is it's not necessarily that something that I'm pivoting, but I'm transforming. Transformation, mm-hmm. evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just wrote this landing page yesterday for this workshop. I'm gonna do, I called it the seasons of change. Mm-hmm. And and really it's speaking to anyone who's like, oh, like I need a change. 
I'm ready to transform. I'm ready to evolve. I'm ready to quote unquote pivot, do something differently. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hearing that and seeing that everywhere. So many peers and friends and connections in this space. Like, I think we're seeing that in the world. We're seeing that in nature. And we resist seeing that within ourselves and our businesses for many reasons, right? But it's going to happen <laughs> regardless of how much we resist it. Because <laughs> stagnancy is not, is not our nature. That's not how nature works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you grasp and hold on to something, it makes me think of like laminating it. Like we're not going to laminate your garden. So it'll stay exactly as it is. Right. We let it like fall apart and get messy. And then we clean it up a bit, probably not quite enough. And then we plant again. It's yeah. It's not necessarily like, we don't want to like plasticize or ah, I feel like in the old paradigm, we really want to hold on to the way things are. Whereas in the new paradigm, there's like this grace and this softness towards, I have a problem with evolution too, because evolution sounds hierarchical to me and I don't want it to, you know, like, it's like, we have to redefine the whole language around everything before we can really converse, converse with it. Yeah. And when things are, when things are decomposing, there are flies and maggots and worms and it doesn't look pretty in the way that we normally want Are you talking to about the world we live in right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we could There's look a lot at the of lies and maggots as decomposed. <laughs> and are they like I don't know, pooping out the good stuff or the bad stuff? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can we be the uh, bioremediation mushrooms that Turn that shit into gold. Yeah. Eat the radiation and, and turn it into sustenance. I think we're, we're all attempting to do so and mm. learning lots in the Well, parts. I support you all in, in doing so with all of yeah. my being. Yeah. Vice versa. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable in sharing <laughs> Yeah, what that's like because there's not that many conversations where established successful business owners are talking about that openly. Like, but it's happening behind the scenes, right? Oh, I know it is because I, because I do talk about everything openly. Like it's just my personality. I'm very like vulnerable. I don't think I'm hoping I don't overshare. I'm just, I'm just transparent about where I'm at. And the more transparent one is the more you hear from other people about where they're at. And so, I mean, so I have no intention of stopping being transparent about where I'm at because I I think that, I think transparent communication is one of the most important things that we can, um, that we can take on right now. Mm -hmm. Um, If we are to become as interconnected and mutually sustaining and regenerative as we'd like to be. Mm, Great. Mm-hmm. And not hiding the composting while it's happening. I mean, we don't need to like, like you said, overshare, but oh, there's just so much on, and you know, you're a Facebook ads person, just so much on social media where you only post the good bits. You only post the, like when you're wearing the makeup and you got the like, oh, my belly looks great. I'm going to post this on Instagram because I seem so fit or whatever. Right. But like, 
in order for us to be models for this transformative sort of regenerative way of moving forward, we have to show the whole of the regeneration, all of the seasons, not not just like when it's glossy and looks good. Is regeneration the word instead of pivot? Love it. Yeah. But yeah, suits suits my soil, my soil. <laughs> suits my soil. <laughs> my soily soul. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love it. Mm. Well, can we can we end by talking about what you are most excited about right now? What has you feeling inspired fully in your sevenness? And like you might be coming out of this fallow season. Yeah. So thank you for asking because it is, it is really lighting me up. Like, so this year I restarted my podcast, Conscious Conversion. And I just, back in 2020, I had the podcast and it was good. I had amazing guests like Matt Kahn and Lee Harris and you, Mm -hmm. Shanti. Like I had such a good time with it. And yet it was really structured. It was about marketing and spirituality and how to integrate marketing and spirituality. And it was fine. It was fun. But it was it was kind of formal. And then this year, I, I, I put it down last year. And then I picked it back up this year and decided to be super raw, super real, no intro, no outro, literally just having very vulnerable, authentic conversations with spiritual thought leaders about, about everything, about dark nights of the soul, about the new paradigm, about how we pick ourselves up by our spiritual bootstraps as, as individuals and as a collective to create the new paradigm together. And what does that look like, smell like? What is my role in it? What's your role in it? Like, And those conversations are just giving me life. And the people that listen to, to the podcast, like, it feels like it's very inspiring to them as well. So I'm in the process of creating something that can be even more immersive for folks where they can actually be a part of those conversations with those spiritual thought leaders themselves. So sort of like a a mastermind container, like a six-month container where I bring in those spiritual thought leaders and we have peer-to-peer support, coaching, consulting by from to one another, including myself, the spiritual thought leaders and our peers. And I think it can be for anybody. I think it can be for the person who still works in the beige cubicle who's like, okay, how can I lean into the new paradigm? How can I become more sovereign? How can I contribute to um, a transformation and a regeneration of the planet? And it can be for entrepreneurs such as ourselves who really just want to surround ourselves with, with more people who are talking about this stuff in a way that is really exciting and energizing and supportive. So that's what I'm creating is the New Earth Architect Mastermind, which is basically piggybacking off the Conscious Conversion um, podcast. And the agency still exists because all of the people that I'm talking with on the podcast and all of the people that are in the mastermind at some point are probably going to want some digital marketing services. And we're here for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for you and how this is all coming together and how all of the everything that's been happening beneath the surface over the last however long has now started to like pop up above ground and grow into something really beautiful. Mm. Thank you, loves. Mm. Grateful for y'all's friendship. Mm. Same. And where is the best place for people to find you, Sarah? Where can we send people they want more? 
So I've got my conscious conversion Instagram. That's the more polished branded Instagram. Then I've got my personal Instagram at resonate with Sarah, where I'm myself. (laughs) And then the podcast conscious conversion as well. So I would say that those are the, those are the best places to find me. And I would welcome it. All right. Well, we will definitely link people there. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. And I got to say, I've had the pleasure of working closely with you on my own ads for years now. And you're just the best. I adore you. Anyone who's looking for support in that realm, totally reach out to Sarah and her amazing team. Well, then I have to then also do a a shout out back at y'all for the amazing quiz on my website. What kind of paradigm shifter are you? So like, yeah, we, we work very well together and you're brilliant. Y'all are brilliant. It is Mm. an absolute pleasure and in high integrity to shout y'all from the mountaintops through Mm. digital marketing and to all my friends. Okay. Love you. Love that quiz too. Bye. Well, look at you listening to the very end. We are so deeply grateful for you and borderline obsessed with hearing what resonated most and how you're taking the seeds planted in these conversations and sowing them in your life and business. It would mean more than you know if you would share this episode with a friend or subscribe, rate, leave us a review on your favorite podcast player your reviews tell the algos behind the apps that we are worth pressing play on. So please, if you're feeling generous, take two minutes to share the love. And if you are curious around what your unique advantage is in this wild and wacky online world, take the unfair advantage quiz at shantyzack.com forward slash UA quiz. And thank you again, sunshine. Go light up the world and we'll see you next time.